Welcome back to Commodity Conversations. My name is David Myers, and today I'm chatting with Robert Herman, Managing Director of Mercado. Uh, today we're going to have a look across all the markets, cattle, sheep, and wool. Our sponsor this week is ProAdvice. Rob, you've had a long relationship with ProAdvice. What can you tell us about them? Well, you're right, Dave. We have it at Mercado has had a long relationship with ProAdvice, and um, we find that there's a really good fit because ProAdvice really into the analytics of farming and uh, and understanding the data and the information that's available from farming. But they have a similar model to us, I think, Dave. They then take that sort of knowledge and information and help farmers turn that into decision making tools. So. It's not surprising that we've been in, a, in some sort of relationship with um, Pro Advice for a long time because of the way they go about it. And of course, that attracts a certain uh, type of um, agricultural producer who's looking for that sort of information. And we're very happy to be involved with them as well. Yeah, so you can head across their website if you'd like to find out more information. Uh, thanks again, Pro Advice, for sponsoring this episode. Let's get into the markets. Uh, how about we start with beef, Rob? Uh, the cattle market's been the centre of uh, commodity conversations in Australia. Was there any uh, any more moves this week? Well, the, uh, the remarkable thing was uh, that the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator didn't move. And, um, you know, that's unusual in markets, uh, certainly over a week. Um, but it remained very stable, sitting at 858 cents. And uh, I suppose we're, we're stating the obvious to say that these prices are very good. But... Um, but that's the case. And it was interesting, I was speaking to Adam Mountjoy, who's the Nutrien uh, Livestock Manager for Southern Australia, and he noted that wiener calf prices this year were some $500 to $600 per head, dearer than the same time last year for similar weights. So that just puts a bit of context into, into the, the, the real benefit of these high prices for farmers. Great for the farmers. I guess... Um... The next question have to be, it's going to keep the pressure up on the processes? That's right, Dave. It's a good point to bring up at this stage because we know that while um, high prices are great for farmers, in the end, that product has to be processed and marketed. Um, as we pointed out in Mercado over the last week or two, Australian beef is some of the most expensive beef in the world. So that's a problem. Um, we know why it's expensive, because we are coming off the back of the drought and now we've got really strong appetite by farmers to restock and build their herds. So that's pushing the market up. But at the end of the day, somewhere down the track, that meat's going to have to be processed profitably by processors. And so one of two things has to happen, Dave. Either the, the meat price has to go up uh, or the cattle price will come down. And we don't like to talk about too much about the cattle price coming down because most of our listeners are sellers of cattle in, the, in at Mercado. But there is a real chance that this meat price, and we're talking global meat prices here, the export market is what really is the important one for, for our uh, beef industry, that the meat price could improve quite significantly over the year. And, and again, it's a bit subjective, this uh, response, but you've got very low interest rates, you've got reasonably strong economies, given the global chaos it's been about. So if you look at China and the US, the big economies and the big consumers are posting pretty good numbers. And also you've got governments lined up to really try and stimulate their economies. So those things could play into a very positive scene. And if that's the case, it may transfer across to meat prices, being able to lift and, and give process back some margins, Dave sure the processes would be happy if that eventuated. And uh, any thoughts about the proposed increase to export licences for the live export industry? 
Well, that, that one's come out of left field a little bit, and, and it's a concern. On the one hand, it's a concern for the – and it's quite significant. I mean, I think one exporter quoted that his compliance cost or his uh, licence cost would jump from 300000 to $1.2 million. So we're, we're talking significant amounts. Now, that industry has done a wonderful job in dealing with the, um, some of the issues it had. We, we remember back to some of the footage that came up on TV where – cattle were being mistreated. They've certainly addressed those issues and, and got things ticking along pretty well. But um, any high, any significant list lifting costs like that, Dave, would, um, would put any industry under pressure. Um, I was commenting today, though, earlier um, that the, it, it's probably not going to impact on cattle prices because any surplus you know, let's just say there is some pullback in the export, uh, live export out of the north. Any surplus cattle that have to flow down to meatworks are going to be really welcomed by meat processors but based on the, what we just spoke about. So in the short term, it's not a big issue. But the live export industry has been a wonderful relief valve for the Australian cattle markets when we've had things like droughts. And it can take cattle out of the market. It can get them up into the uh, into the Asian markets where they feed them and, and process them. And we just need every market operating uh, where it can. As I say, in the short term, probably not, of impact, not, not a lot of impact for, for producers, but longer term, it'd be, we need this industry to be vibrant. And what about the lamb market? It's been strong. Did it hold up this week? The lamb market has been really strong. And this week, it, it came off a little bit, but really, we're not talking... Um, uh, a big move. The indicator was off 1.5%, so it went from 848 to 835. Um, the the other one though is that the um, is the mutton market, which is always a really important um, component of sheep industry, sheep producers' incomes. That just seems to go from strength to strength, and it was a little bit dearer again this week, sitting at um, at 638. It's worth noting that th these elevated prices have been around for a while now. And uh, this time last year, the market for mutton was actually a little bit higher than where it is now. So anybody selling surplus sheep, um, we used to call them, you know, cull sheep or sheep that had outlived their usefulness on the farm, are now getting uh, terrific revenues for, from them. And we just saw that uh, the government or ABARES announced that uh, we had a record uh, farm Income for this year of $66 billion. that's really been contributed by a lot of commodities. But I can tell you the humble old ewe, the humble mutton, the humble sheep has done more than its fair share to help that. Babe. That's good to hear, Rob. And what about over in WA? What's happening with the sheep market there? Well, WA actually bucked the trend. They, uh, that market lifted. The, uh, especially merinos and restocker lambs, each gaining 65 to 90 cents. Um, whereas in the on the East Coast here, you know, things are probably a little bit more subdued. But it's good to see WA getting good prices. You know, they have a big sheep industry over there and they, um, they certainly need all the support they can get to keep the sheep industry vibrant because haven't had as good a season over there as what we've had on the East Coast. And there's also the big threat from cropping for, um, for, for sheep acres. So, you know, that's going to be um, uh, something that's going to be a well welcomed by WA farmers. And there's a bit of rain forecast uh, around the country, which uh, I'm sure most producers will be welcoming. It's interesting. I think it was Olivia who was commenting on the, the forecast for rain. And 
we were looking at it carefully in terms of how it would impact the cattle market based on the monsoon rains in the north and Queensland and Northern Territory. Now we sort of switch our focus a little bit to the autumn rains. And um, with the last couple of years, certainly on the East Coast last year, we've had wonderful autumn breaks and, and that really sets up farmers well. So we'll be watching closely. It will also mean that I think supply will continue to remain tight if we do get rains. Farmers will say, well, you know, I'll keep, keep those few lambs that I've got left on or I'll keep those ewes a little bit longer um, because we've, we've got a bit of feed and, and the markets look fine. And if we've got feed, why not keep them going? So it's getting to the time of the year, Dave, where the autumn rains become the big thing, especially in the south and and uh, in place in northern New South Wales. Yeah, we'll keep watching that and it will have an impact on markets. Excellent. And uh, finally, what about uh, wool, Rob? How did the market fare this week? Well, the wool market, um, it had a, you know, I, I said in the, uh, in the article we published this week that uh, it ended on a confident note, although the market hardly moved. I think the Eastern Market Indicator went from 1306 to 1310. I suppose when we've, we're looking back, over some of the things that worry the market, so global market, global outlook, the, the you know the uncertainty that's out there, and also the fact that we've been selling more and more bales, and I, I think we noted that you know this week um, another forty-two thousand bales were sold, forty thousand last week. That's well up. If you think back to this time last year, we I think the average for last season was just under thirty thousand bales a week. So. We've got a market that's significantly higher than, than the low point of August, September, uh, and we're clearing more wool. The other thing that played on the market, though, Dave, was the um, Aussie dollar. The Aussie dollar was 2.2% cheaper, and, of course, that meant that in US dollar terms, uh, the market fell by 20 cents. So, um, you know, currency doesn't help the wool market on a short-term basis, but overall, we're looking at things being pretty solid sure a lot of our wool producers would be happy to hear that. And uh, what do you think we can expect this week, Rob? Well, I think we've certainly got another big offering. And it's interesting that uh, I think we're probably seeing a few more bales offered each week than is the average for the year, if that makes sense. So we're probably, we think about 35,000 bales a year is the average of the clip. And yet we're offering, you know, I think this week it's closer to 50 Last week was 50, and we're selling 40s and 42s. We're seeing the market absorb these amounts and hold, and I think that's a really positive sign for the future. As you know, we're, we're pretty optimistic about the outlook for wool. If we hadn't have had, I'm just looking back on this time last year, the Eastern market indicator in US dollar terms was about almost exactly where it is now, um, and it's only been the currency that's pushed the Eastern market indicator down in Aussie dollar terms. So it tells us that the fundamentals of the market are pretty good. I was talking to a group of uh, branch managers yesterday and one of the comments that I made, and I know it's a, it's a bit of a contentious issue where people talk about selling to China, the wool market would be very grateful that our biggest customer at the moment is China because their economy um, looks to be performing quite well and, and moving forward and they are, and they are the things that drive uh, commodity markets such as wool. So, um, so at the moment, basically, markets are pretty good, Dave, and uh, we'll get ready for whatever comes at us next week. That's good to hear, Rob. And uh, long weekend down here for some of us. Any special plans? Uh, yeah, 
we go, uh, Lynn and I going up to the bush and we're going to um, continue to work up there. We love getting away. There'll be plenty of um, people getting around Victoria this weekend and other states who are lucky enough to have the long weekend. Yeah, well, of course, all the long weekends come in the first half of the year, so we need to make the most of them, though. Wise words there, Rob. And uh, just before we wrap up with the wool market, are we selling three days this week? Uh, it's actually only selling on two days. It sells Wednesdays and Thursday. It's going to sell all the wool on those two days with all three selling centres selling, uh, so Fremantle, Sydney and Melbourne, all selling on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Thanks for listening to Commodity Conversations again. Pro Advice was the sponsor for this week. We hope you enjoyed uh, the episode. If you did, please share it with your friends and family or give us a like. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we sign off, Rob? No, thanks very much, Dave. Well done. Thanks for sharing your insights today, Rob, and we look forward to more Commodity Conversations next week. Until then, stay safe and have a great weekend.